officially timed to the duration of the opening process. That seems okay. that's the trajectory on like every podcast that I've listened to though. Is mm-hmm. like you go back to the early episodes and they're like an hour, maybe a little change, and then without fail they grow into these like two, two and a half, three hour behemoths. <laughs> it's just like it's it's the route that all my favorite pods go on. So I am not um, no, it's certainly not a bad. I'm not ashamed that that we that no, we don't. And no, 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 hopefully no, no, it's entertaining. But it's one of those reflective you know? things where you're like, "What did we even talk about for three hours, though?" Yeah, God only knows. I mean, you know, uh, there's so much goddamn pop culture and shit. You know, it, it's it's <laughs> there's there, there's a never ending glut of of That's things true. that that could be discussed. Um, uh, speaking of speaking which, of- I've, I've started recording uh, all this stuff here. Um, and, and I, it, we're getting kind of a late start, so I don't want to spend too much, uh, time. Oh, we're Have recording. you, uh, I just started, like, a minute Oh, ago. okay. Um, Hi, hello, world. Hello, world. It's a song that we're singing. I didn't Don't realize you started recording. I was in the middle of solving a Rubik's Cube, so I'm still click-clacking. I'm so Not sorry. click-clack. Click, you know, sometimes the listeners have come to expect a light amount of click-clacks on your end. Um, That's true. It's... It's just, it, it comes with the territory. Um, I, I do have a question. You know, Daddy Host will not be with us this evening, so it's time to talk about some musicals. I gotta ask, have you had a chance Ooh. to see In the Heights yet? Of course I did! Okay, of I don't know. I You're I a busy did. bee. Sometimes. I have some, some spicy takes on it. <laughs> um, I, I do as well. I will say... First and I, foremost, I cried, loved it. I cried through the whole thing. Like, I loved oh, it. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I... End of the I, opening I, number, I was like, why am I... <laughs> weeping <laughs> why am i weeping because it's not it's not a sad weepy musical no it's, it's not just like there's thought, like it's this is it's just i don't know it's history also it's, it, like it, it's it's a reminder of like the return of like the movie musical that's like like we're this in is the it. first like, time we've had a movie musical that followed a track from like og golden era right where it was it was mm-hmm. on broadway and then it was off Broadway for a while, and I don't mean like off Broadway. I mean like it was no longer I catch on. You. It Broadway. was not playing. And then right. they made a movie version of it, and that was a huge thing for quite some time. Yeah, and and like a lot of the old movie musicals, it has like oh here's some people that would be involved in the original, but also a lot of new people, you know, especially uh, in. So some people weren't right for it as well. My favorite was the fact that Abuela Claudia was. The same actress from the original cast. Love it. Great. No notes. So good. Um, I thought the casting for Sonny was perfect. He was I great. Loved... I think cast pretty much on the whole was was really well I, done. It was all right. There, I mean, there were a few, no, there were it, I, that was that's underselling. A it. lot I of really charismatic, hot, most... beautiful people. You know, like <laughs> yeah, there was there. I mean, there was there was there's been some discourse about the fact that it was lacking in Afro Latina people, which is uh, completely with roles. Valid. Which is like, you know, sense. Oh, for sure. But I think it's also, I think one of the things that goes with that is the way that they shifted the storyline for Benny. So one of the things, and I don't know how familiar you are with the book of the original musical, because uh, it's not, not as easily accessible the yeah. recording. Okay, yeah. So in the original, um, they have, an, he and Nina's dad have a, 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 a conflict a over, over nationality. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, you know, Benny being black is not viewed with a positive light uh, in the original script. And I do kind of miss that because it kind of, that was a really powerful moment to talk about within, you know, just discussing colorism in different communities is an important discussion. And I think it was a really powerful opportunity that they kind of missed. 
I don't. I can't really speak toward why they made that decision. I don't know what the decision was. I mean, it's Hollywood. They might have said, "Let's just focus on this one issue." Who knows? I the the undocumented stuff. Parts of it I really liked. Parts of it felt a little underfleshed out. Um, but certainly true. Uh, I think I just I kind of wish that they still had that bit with Benny where they talked about the racial dynamic. Yeah, it kind of, of felt like, and I I love that actor. I think he's great. It, oh, he's phenomenal. And, and, you know, he just, like, radiates fucking charisma. But it does feel like when you remove that, it's like, uh, well, what's uh, what's Benny doing no, Benny <laughs> here? Benny doesn't really have much of a role in this version. Which is, yeah. which is, which is a, which furthermore is a testament to just how good this guy is, because I loved him. I can't remember his name. I've seen him give in a, a few Give me more of things. this, yeah, I can't remember either, but give me more of this crazy Chinese guy. He pops. Um, oh. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, uh, it was really yeah. great. I also thought that here's the other thing. Uh, who was the director? Uh, John M. Chu. John Cho, yes, he, from Crazy did, Rich Asians. Um, yeah, Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, here's my spicy take, right? I I don't really agree with uh, – I don't really not, not that I agree or disagree with. <laughs> I was a little bummed by some of the, the changes, right? I wish they hadn't gotten rid of Nina's mom, um, and there were a few – smaller things that I, like there was uh there's a song Corey that... hawkins is his name by the way thank you yes he's great um he's great there's a song that um nina in the original sings mm-hmm. about abuela claudia you know and her relationship with her and it did this really great job of letting the audience know how you know how important this woman is and the role that she played intimately and like distinctively within these people's lives and they cut that song probably for time honestly because yeah because even even with all the cuts we're still like two hours and ten minutes and i think because they added book they added more book um which you know again you're turning it into a movie i get it it. look it happens all of this being said, right, and I could go on about a bunch of small details. <laughs> Nerd. Dork. Yeah, oh, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> and I wear that with pride. But all of that being said, this is one of the best stage-to-film adaptations since Chicago. Hands down. I Chicago And I would honestly, like, I would... Incredible aesthetic decisions. Like I would I would slide my chips over to maybe the best Ameri- like uh English language movie musical since Chicago, right? Like I would I would push yeah. those chips. I mean you know I mean you know There's other up. ones I like, but Right. I mean we should hold space for the hairspray adaptation, which is phenomenal. Like Which I like. I, I like that. Phenomenal. Um but honestly my issues with the hairspray like adaptation your advantage. Mm-hmm. This one One of the best. Sick. Like absolutely, oh, absolutely. Hands down. Um, Hands down. beautifully I found photographed, staring at Gorgeous. the screen in awe. Absolutely. The, the the other thing that's really great about it, and this is from my musical theater nerd shit, is like there were musical decisions. Um, in like like in ninety six thousand, there's typically a part where the ensemble kind of cuts down and starts Tip you know singing really cool. Once we get going, once we get going, we'll... yeah, that whole section and. The fact that they did that by going underwater in the pool. Pretty slick. Brilliant. Pretty incredible slick. decision. It was so cool. And yeah. Then, I mean, just um, honk your horns if you want it and, like, having a real, like, whore, car horn there. Uh, $1, $2, $160, 159 I got it. You know, the cutting back and forth, like, changing days to show that this is, like, an everyday thing. Yeah. Very cool choice as well. 
I loved the the breaks from realism that they integrated, which is incredible because like that's just something that is is part of the territory with musicals and theater is film does realism really really well. Did I cut out? Did you miss? Did I miss like a whole bunch of that? No, no, okay. no you're right there. You're right there. You froze for a second. I didn't know. Um, but yeah, like, I just, I don't know if I moved. I don't know if I froze. I think I was just like listening. I think I was just sitting here with like my head resting on my hands. So still, just, you're usually was, you were you were holding court. I was just I was just listening. Like, Go on, please do. Yeah, but like I mean, with I mean, film is so great at realism in a way that like theater could never intimacy, ever right yeah. like understated intimacy which you just simply cannot fucking do you can't really do i mean maybe maybe in a black box situation you can get that kind of understated intimacy but that's a specific setting but the thing that makes theater and live performance special and stand apart especially can you know within the contemporary the contemporary aesthetics of theater is it breaks from realism in certain aspects and the fact that they were able to kind of integrate the film version of that into the 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 aesthetics that they used were great. Like uh, um, beginning of ninety six thousand, the when they're moving their hands and they do the kind Doing of graffiti little shapey stuff, shapes, yeah, really great. It, at first, I was like, "What's happening?" And then I was like, "I love this. This is awesome." What's going um, on? The 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 way that they use fabrics over the buildings great. and uh, not Nina Vanessa uh, Vanessa running through the street. Beautiful moment. Nina and Benny dancing on the wall beautiful of, oh my god stunning. an excellent use of digital effects i think this movie did well, a really yeah. great job of integrating digital effects in a way with one exception in a way that felt like seamless it What's felt beautiful exception? it felt silent it, okay so the ninety six thousand number the ninety six thousand number is fucking great like it's excellent like the choreography they use the pool in such a phenomenal fucking way like they're not just at a pool they're using it there are like four shots where they cut back to osnavi and he is the most green screen i have ever seen him like it is it looks awful they cut to like four times and it looks really bad they were just like out of time and or money on those shots and and it looked very bad but like the, the i missed that the... entirely i mean i'm i'm gonna rewatch it again i saw it in theaters i haven't seen it on hbo max yet i oh. have not seen it on hbo either i've been wondering i because you know there's still not a ton playing so i'm like do i want to just like go see in the heights again i might i might want to go see in the heights again. yeah um because i, I mean I'd give, it, like, I'd give them money i i'm honestly most excited that lynn is going to be known for in the heights more than hamilton i mean uh, i don't should. know about i don't know about more well, but it's, it's good to remind people that he did other things of course, uh, right the well it's, hamilton it's, opens it's, on broadway again it's gonna be hamilton it's, it's a done deal and then again right. god help you in 10 years when they do a, a hamilton movie or whatever i don't think uh, they're gonna do it because there's a recording of the original stage but you never fucking know i so so was cats it just took them like 20 years you know what i mean um, I know that the Cats VHS is not the original stage, but you, you get what I'm saying. Uh, I, I'm not saying it's tomorrow. Just, the Cats VHS is, it's not the original, it's not the original cast, but it is a direct recording the original, of original cast the recording. original staging on stage. They added a few specials. Special they added, effects. And... They put some sweeteners in, if you will. But, uh, Can we get no, some Gugas? Do you to... have any Gugas? Um, yeah, it Gugas. was... Uh... Yeah, it's like, it's like when you watch... I mean, it's 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 the reverse. Like, so Rent, you know, was on Broadway. And uh-huh. they made a movie version. Uh, and when it was closing 
I want to say off-Broadway. I think it transferred to off-Broadway after a while. Yes. And then on closing night, uh, among amongst a few other uh, nights, they, re- they recorded the stage ver- version yep. of it. And, and I, you know, it's I, so good. It's so I, good. Oh, my God. Again, I am not cry. saying tomorrow. I am not saying next year. But on a long enough timeline, that movie will come to be one day. Yeah. It I will. hope not. But there's too much. You may I, be right. J- uh, I, one word: money. <laughs> one word: money. There's so much money to be made. Yeah, I um, guess. But as long as it's on stage, I, I don't think that. Well, yeah. I don't again, know. I am I talking. It, yes, I am talking yes, long. First of all, yes, money. But also, I think Lynn is like Disney loves Lynn, and Warner Brothers now loves Lynn. And so I guess he'll have options as to which one does it. There was yeah. a Hamilton Easter egg in In the Heights, and yeah. I should have seen it fucking coming, and I didn't. And it made I, me a little mad. <laughs> My New York audience went, okay, yes, you're, yeah, very, you're very clever. <laughs> okay, well done. Hold music. <laughs> okay. You'll be back. Go Move on. on. Yes, yeah. thank you. I'm sure it was uh, a huge success in the Midwest or in Florida I, or something. Listen, we all were like, yeah, okay. <laughs> we, I yeah, see it was... Um, <laughs> all right. It was, it was but, okay. It was fine. I, uh, I, as far it's as so performances brief, go, though, yeah. um, I the standout performance for me was honestly, honestly, was Usnavi. Like Anthony in, Ramos, looking Anthony Ramos, so hot. <laughs> well, aside from how hot this man is, right? I know, and, but it is important to know. It doesn't that, hurt. Like, it certainly doesn't he's hurt. So hot in this he's movie. Fine as hell. No, he is like on another <laughs> Everyone level. Everyone is. I was is. like, uh, I was very taken with Vanessa as well. I'm like, this is this is one of the hottest people I've ever seen in my entire. <laughs> These two people, yeah. they should kiss. They're so hot. They should kiss. <laughs> no, but his performance though, also he's just great. the way oh, that he phenomenal. played this like, like awkward but not too awkward. I can't even describe it. There was something so. I human. mean, like a a normal ass guy. It was know? so. Like, personable and it's so wild because first of all it, it touched it and i perfect i love the i love the like, legacy meta of it of like him taking over the lynn role after like you know him kind of becoming lynn's like uh protege and pet project like i like i like him taking over you know Mustafi. you know who he was in the original cast of in the heights right i did not he was sunny oh wow that's also beautiful it's there's a lot of layers. He's to always this. kind of. I'm pretty sure. Wait, let me make sure I'm not just spewing he, nonsense. Because I know yeah. he's been in Lynn's camp for a long time. They did a yeah. musical for NPR together. Obviously, yes. uh, he's in camp. Twenty twenty one Chump Twenty one Chump Street. That's based on a school from the same school district that I grew up in. That's that's a beautiful. really fun, cute, quick, you know, musical. That's a, it's a great and like I think it's on like. You might have to buy it or something, but like whatever. It's it's four songs. It's good. I like it. Or just like listen to the episode of This American Life that that it's a part of. Um, right. And, no. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, it's great. But but um, he was great. I mean, while you're looking that up, I'll say like I've been to the movies a few times since everything's reopened, and kind of like really enjoyed being back, but waiting for that moment where it felt like we're back. And this was like seeing this opening night in a in a sold out. Oh, you saw theater. it opening night. I saw it Friday night because I had like a wedding the next day, and I was like, I I have to go see this movie. You have to um, see it, yeah. So girlfriend and I went up to to the Nighthawk in Prospect Park, 
uh, great, great theater. And it was just like a packed Friday night opening night screening of New Yorkers where like the projector broke down right before the movie. And then like it came back up oh, and no. everyone fucking applauded, you know, like and and right, I just right, like right, right. I spontaneously so were, like, cried for two straight hours. You know, it was not again. It's not even sad. I'm just like, it's so they're singing and dancing. It's so beautiful. Uh, it was just I was I was losing it. It was it was it was good. There's flaws in it okay, but like wait hold on also totally five stars just lied he was you f- not you lied to me you it was lied it was to robin me. de jesus who's done a bunch of other stuff as well do you think he, he maybe like took over no he did well he was i think he was let's see you just falsified uh, a history for this man starting in 20 2011 uh ramos earned roles in a variety of regional touring Musical productions, including Sonny De La Vega in a 2012 production of In the Heights. Okay, so he was in either the regional or the tour of In the Heights as Sonny. He wasn't the original Sonny. That was Robin De Jesus, who's also another incredible uh, performer. But Anthony Ramos was in Hamilton, right? Yeah, he's he's John Lawrence and uh, 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 his son name yeah J- something uh, john lawrence and philip hamilton <laughs> philip hamilton my name is philip i am a poet i wrote this poem just to show it because i just <laughs> turned nine you can write rhymes but you can't write mine yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah, exactly wait i, I gotta fun- l- listen to fucking hamilton too many times i'm broken um is that true i mean i'm broken whether or not it's because i listen to hamilton too many times might not be related <laughs> Oh, okay. Let's see here. Yeah, Robin De Jesus, who was in Rent in two thousand five, um, played a few roles. Steve and the waiter, Angel, oh. uh, or was the understudy for Angel, mm-hmm. rather not. In, um, was in Lacage in the revival as Jacob. Played Aladdin at the Muni. Oh, I saw that. Oh, 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 he was bought Wicked, too. Yeah, I, so the original Sonny's done. He's worked. He books. Sonny books. Yeah, he got nominated for a Tony for In the Heights. Um, and for Lacage. It's great. And for the boys in the band. Yeah, he's, he's he killing. was great. So, he, so I did, I confused the two of them. But Anthony Ramos, I could literally, I, I genuinely think Anthony Ramos could could get an Oscar nom for In the Heights. Nom is certainly possible. They do love to nom musical movie performances. I don't know performances. if win because they don't like to give wins for serious categories to musicals, but I could see him getting at yeah. least some sort of did, recognition. Did someone win for Chicago? Did, like, Catherine Zeta win or Renee? Maybe, but Chicago was on Well, a Chicago was... Level. I mean, well, Chicago, Chicago, the, the Chicago was best adaptation picture. is almost better than the stage version. That might very well be true. It's so, I mean, like, uh, it's perfect. Every, it is a Chicago perfect is movie musical. So good. It's crazy. Chicago's so good. Uh, every time you watch Chicago, you're like, ah, goddamn. But that's the other thing because <laughs> Chicago explicitly takes advantage of the form of like performance yeah. being used to tell like an allegory for what's happening in the st- in the stage version. Mm-hmm. So with film, they can literally remove you from the moment and then drop you right back where you left off and do those kind of vaudeville vignettes. And Chicago and is a movie like built on film editing. 
Like, film editing is so fucking important. But that's why it works. Exactly, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's that's what was so exciting to see what they did with In the Heights was they brought some of that film editing into the aesthetics expertly so. And that's really well done. Um, Yeah, there's there's like most of it is like it's good. It's well done. And then there's like the completely like blow your fucking socks off numbers like. Uh, like Abuela's number with the dancing oh, people on the perfect. subway. It was perfect. I mean, the way they do it very similarly in the stage production, and they handled it expertly with this. It's really with the well. film adaptation. I mean, they re- they really they put they did the work. They fucking did it. You know, was it yeah. perfect? No. Would, I mean, have no. there been what? issues? No. What movie is exactly? Um, but yeah, and it, I I think you know I am not the person to to hand out this arbitration. I think they've handled the criticisms fairly well obviously that does not I, then rewrite I don't, history i don't you i don't subscribe to believe that i have any say on what kind of response is an adequate response that's true um i am appreciative of the fact that lynn acknowledged that they messed up can't say whether or not he's done enough um and that's Fair all enough. i have to say about it, it but it, it is an issue that is uh that i am grateful is being discussed um within that and i think uh, and, and i talked about this recently actually with a musical theater friend of mine and a collaborator uh named adam and i was talking with them about how it's a real shame that they removed the aspect of benny's role that had to do with the racial tensions it wouldn't have removed the aspect that he was kind of tokenized but it would have presented some sort of contextual reasoning for what we've witnessed um Mm -hmm. not that it's a good thing or an excuse for it but it kind of does a double disservice to cast some incredibly pale people it and then does make you ask a question right is that you're like okay not only is it this one thing but you also removed this element that would have acknowledged it yeah, it, it it it's something that like the eyebrow gets arched. Um, it's certainly a raised eyebrow, but uh, but yeah, I thought that they handled it well. You know, when it started as a frame story, I thought the frame story was a really smart way of providing a massive misdirection to an audience, especially ones that know how the story goes. And then they say they go on to say like nobody won the lottery, and I found myself going. Wait, what? Hold on. What's what's about to happen then? Because right around oh, spoilers by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but like I, I because knowing the knowing the plot, it's around so typically and I'm sure you're also at least it, at minimum vaguely at minimum vaguely familiar with it. Um around the blackout, Usnavi runs to go check on Abuela Claudia, which he does. Uh, but the whole group does um, in, in the movie. Uh, but he checks on her, and she's like, the stars are out tonight. It's beautiful. You know, just being an, uh, just this beacon of optimism in a really shitty situation. And it's like, oh, how touching. And she lets on that she won, and she kind of is a little scared because she kind of has to protect herself. They also removed the aspects of loot. So, yes. So they got rid of that uh, in order to kind of move it forward a little bit further and then have it be a bit more of like a like a gift from the grave. Uh, I do really appreciate one of the biggest discourse things that was happening when it was on stage, when it was on Broadway. 
uh, was that people were like, okay, hold on. You're telling me that with $96,000, that wasn't enough money to solve literally everyone's problems because it was. <laughs> it was. It was enough to solve everyone's problems. But the second – but this version of it, when they when they turned it into um, I'm going to secretly take this and use it to help Sonny become a citizen, that, that made more sense than the original – You. Uh, I'm just gonna. I'm not sure what I'm gonna do with the night. Like it just, it didn't make sense in the original when people were like, you watch it, you're like, wow, that was great. And then when you like really scrutinize it, you're like, okay, but that could have solved. That would have intuition. That could have helped this. That could have helped that. Um. So I really appreciated the way that they were able to utilize the plot effectively with what they were saying about immigration status. Um. But yeah, I think there was another point I was gonna make. And I can't fucking remember. Um, That's okay. Oh, yeah. It was. It was. It was the aspect of they removed. It was. They removed. They very intentionally removed a lot of the toxic masculinity, uh, which was a cool note. I was appreciative of that. I I noticed it. I said, "Nice job, way to go." Uh, Graffiti Pete used to rap. Yeah, I got more hoes than a phone book in Tokyo, which, which is also, you know, a little racist as well. Which. <laughs> You know, I was I was listening to that driving to uh, the wedding that I was at the next day, and I was like, mm, I don't remember, I don't remember uh, that from the movie. And then, of course, your snobby like shuts his ass down, which is good, uh, good for him. Which is good, but they got rid of it entirely and they replaced it with uh, "I got more flows than Obi Wan Kenobio," which I must say is the weakest line I've ever heard. Out it's of pretty Lynn weak. Project. It's a weak line. I, I, I was arguing with my friend, and they were like, I honestly – and the same thing with the lyric changes that they did for Nina and her her mom not being in the show anymore. Uh-huh. They tweaked a few of the they, – they took any line that mentioned parents plural or anything like that, and they took it out, and they replaced it with something else. And they didn't affect any of the lines before it or after it to make sure there was like a congruency. They just kind of switched it, and my friend just – I don't even know if Lynn changed those lyrics himself. It feels like he didn't do it. Mm. Mm. Uh, uh, like, cause like, cause it normally it was, what will my parents say when I go in there and say, I know that I'm letting you down. And then she says, what is it in the movie? She goes, um, how am I supposed to say when I go in there and say it? It's like, you, when it's when when I, we, yeah, it's a little awkward, and so it's there's just little things like that that they shifted. That's like okay, fine, um, you know, like they got rid of the actual bar fight that occurs in Blackout, which I don't know if you knew that that happens, but it does. No, I've I've listened to the the Broadway soundtrack a number of times, but I've never done it like while looking at Wikipedia, like, reading a synopsis, right, you know? yeah. So, I like, there's a lot, there of, a lot of osmosis, you know? A lot of, like, inferring context clues. There was, um, on YouTube, a recording of the original cast that was floating around a little while. I don't know if it's still there. I would be shocked if it still was. Essentially, Blackout happens, and you know how the music kind of shifts and starts getting fast? It kind of picks up. In that moment, it's Usnavi, like, prying the guy off of Vanessa, being like, okay, I'm dancing with her now. Uh, and they got rid of that to have Vanessa be like, you didn't dance with me all night. And then he's kind of a dick to her for no reason, but I digress. 
Um, and he normally peels this guy off, and the guy like shoves him, and they get into a fight, and and it like really ramps up, and then the blackout happens. Uh, and it's it's a really it's really intense when you're in a theater and you're watching like stage fight happening in a musical, which I might add is not common. Not no. a lot of musicals have stage fights. West Side Story, but they dance. Uh... Like, yeah, it's dancing. They fight, they're dancing. You're and right. There's not a lot of just Japan, it's sword fights. It's choreo. Not a lot of them are literal fight choreos. Like where it. you're like, like I saw a production one time where they literally did fight choreo. It was beautiful, brilliantly done. Where they took a guy and they did where some guy grabs the back of his head and slammed it into the ground. It was fucking gnarly, right? And you don't wow. expect to see that. They got rid of all of that. Um, uh, also, like during the blackout, Sonny and uh, Graffiti Pete, as I'm sure you've heard in the in the uh, original cast recording, they're going. They go. We got to go guard the store because people are gonna fucking loot it now that there's a blackout. Um, I just feel like they very intentionally went for the neoliberal route of responding to protests. They went, hey, let's not mention looting because I don't know. I'm very that's much gonna like, set off half the country, you know, half the country is going to be like, I'm supposed to root for these looters? Yeah, maybe maybe they were like... Respectability were like, well, politics. don't want to imply that people of color loot. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I could go on and on about the role of looting in you might. a country founded on stolen land uh, and don't know what how you're talking about. an effective form of protest, but I won't go down that road. Boston Tea Party, never heard of it. On, on a level, they're saying, we're trying to tell a story about the resiliency of, of these people, and we don't want to distract from that theme by bringing in the complexities of that racial dynamic in a system that does not acknowledge their humanity. We're trying to only acknowledge their humanity and not talk about those complexities, which is, you know, it's it's a, it's a, it's it's a, a choice. choice. And I can't, I can't, that's not my it's place to say that's a good choice. It's a choice that they made. Uh, and in some ways I say good for them, and in some ways I'm like, damn, I kind of miss it. But it's not my fucking movie, so I don't have a say. Uh, but yeah. But uh, I, I could, but there's I have a say. just here and there all over the thing, but I loved it. I truly had an amazing time in the theater. I thought the musical adaptation to film was a really lush orchestration. I thought Alex Lacamoire did it again to the surprise of quite literally not a single soul on no the No one, not a soul on earth. <laughs> Um, because Alex Lacamoire is a fucking genius. Um, yeah, kills it. King. Beautiful. Crushed it. And, and, and as, uh, Alex Lacamoire would say, uh, this is of course Advanced Community Studies podcast <laughs> where we watch and talk about the American television comedy show Community one or two episodes at a time. We are also the premier, <laughs> premier podcast of the Yahoo screen, a podcasting network. Yeah. <laughs> I am one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan, and uh, I am also a deck of basketball cards with white people on them. <laughs> I can't. That's my hey, favorite joke up? in both of these episodes. <laughs> hey, what's up, everybody? How you doing? I'm Jace. I use they, them pronouns. Uh, and I don't have a quote this time because I've been really busy and I haven't had a chance to rewatch these two episodes, but I do think of them fondly because they are so fucking crazy. So I'm just kind of, I have a feeling that this is going to be an episode of Kevin kind of talking about things that happen and me going, oh my God, yeah, that totally does happen. Remember? 
drop in. Oh, dip. Um, well, uh, Jace, I would like to, as we're, as we're in the intro section here, we'll kind of, we ended up talking about In the Heights for half an hour, which I did anticipate. Um, so we're going to keep the intro section long. I do, I do have an apology actually right at the top. You have an apology? Um, yes. You know, I normally, I like to, I like to try and eat, you know, beforehand, uh, before, before our podcast, you know, but this, tonight, uh, it was, it was, it was wild. You know, I had to go vote for mayor and then I, and then I had to I me too. out. Um, and, and, un- and, 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 and unfortunately I, I will have to eat my dinner, uh, live on the air. And, uh, because of no advertising whatsoever, I do in fact have a Subway sandwich. Shut the hell up. I hate you. I do in fact have a Subway sandwich. This is why I was you are curious. This is not an auditory bit. He literally has a Subway sandwich that Pulling he's unwrapping. Pulling out a two-hour-old right Subway, Subway sandwich, sandwich. Unsponsored. <laughs> what, Unsponsored. what do you like on your Subway sandwich? That looks like a half foot long. Did you go for six inches? I went for a six inch. Uh, I also had a bag of chips. So that, oh. that kind of took up the other the Yeah, other once we got rid of the $5 foot long combo, it was, it's not the same. It's not, not the same. same. So I did do a six inch. I, uh, on, on, Kevin, can uh, I tell you something upsetting? Yes. There are people on this planet that are too young to know about the $5 foot long deal. Which is upsetting. That's truly, yep. that's depressing. What will they think of the joke in this episode where Chang just sings the $5 foot long jingle? They will won't they, get it. They, they will have no it. context in, for especially it. Especially in like five years, they won't get it. They won't get it. Um, so I, I always opt, you know, on my on my sub. I get the Italian herbs and cheese. I think it's the finest bread they have. <laughs> um i got uh i got i got one of my standards now it is a little bit colder than i like it because again it is two hours old um i got the sweet onion chicken teriyaki oh. uh th- throw some uh i i contemplated tuna but i was like i can get tuna literally anywhere um hear- i wanted to- sorry real quick no it's okay <laughs> did you hear that they did a dna test on this uh, on the tuna in a subway sandwich and it couldn't it, identify it, any tuna in it. <laughs> could not legally call it tuna. Um, so I almost got the sawdust sandwich. Um, so I got right. the sweet onion, chicken teriyaki, throw some provolone cheese on there. Yep. Uh, spinach, tomato, mm-hmm. green pepper, red onion, black olive, sweet mm-hmm. onion sauce. Nailed it. Uh, a a perfect sauce. Um, the sauce, yeah, a sweet onion sauce. Right. Yeah. Um, because if you don't ask for the, they'll put the teriyaki chicken on there, but it might not be a sweet onion, even though it's in the name of the sandwich. Um, so I, well, you got to customize it yourself. What if you want barbecue sauce on your teriyaki chicken? Yeah, you, don't you know, know, you never know. Some you don't know. Wild don't like make that. assumptions about that. Yeah. Hey, make an ass out of you. Right. You know what I mean? First bite. Um, Let's see. How so is this it? is, this is why I was like, no, this we is- should record tonight because i don't want to buy another subway sandwich because next week because they're you not committed that to good so hard <laughs> i you were hungry you waited 40 minutes I, of in the heights talk and i am extra a half hour of me being late tonight I, yeah i waited 45 minutes past dinner. recording time to save the sandwich and then 30 more minutes of in the heights talk and listeners i'm a large boy i don't like having food that i'm not currently eating i love to eat it's one of my favorite things and it's I'm, just i'm like, genuinely surprised like at you tantalus it was just sitting over here <laughs> i'm also a little upset i'm like kevin i ran like really late tonight like this is why I was like, we oh, should not postpone recording for next week because I do not want to buy another Subway sandwich because they are not that good. <laughs> don't, don't want why to did you do it in the first place tonight? Because it's a bit. 
I did it for the fine. You are Don't fucking you absurd. <laughs> I I want you to know, months I've had this on the back. You've had this. So this wasn't like a oh my god, this would be funny. We're doing this. You no. planned this months in advance. I've been. I think I can't. I can't. You know, memory is foggy. Who knows what we actually ever said or did? But I remember we did the season three subway <laughs> appearance, and I was like, shit, wouldn't it have been funny? <laughs> if I had eaten a Subway sandwich. So I held on to this through half of season three, all of our Witcher talk, so all of season four, and all of season oh, five. God, Kevin. <laughs> and uh, the first bite. Does it taste like mattress foam? It's a Subway sandwich. Yes, it tastes like mattress foam. <laughs> I actually had a Subway sandwich not too long ago as well. I was pretty surprised at how much i didn't hate it like i was like i actually this is this is a good sandwich the onion teriyaki it's one of their best it's one of their best sandwiches i got my i got my girlfriend to wrap and she was like how is it that this doesn't have flavor like at all and i'm like it's amazing right um i have probably not had subway in like now like three years i pro- i like the last time i ate that's it was a lot Kevin. you had at- subway 10 seconds ago oh fuck you <laughs> Bite, bite my wiener. <laughs> Did you just say bite my wiener? Yeah. <laughs> Be, lick my butt, okay? Dude. You're the worst. I'm the son. That's fair. No, I am the worst. I'm That's over here literally wheezing. <laughs> People so, are going to listen to this and be like, okay. How was how was their episode on this the season finale? And they were like, well, it was forty minutes of In the Heights, twenty minutes of Jace laughing at Kevin eat a sandwich, and then twenty minutes of them being like, eh, it was pretty, it was all right, it was, it was okay, pretty all right. Some good jokes, you know, it doesn't all work, but um, let's. All right, that's our show. Thank you so much. Pop pop. All right, well, all right. See you in season six. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, the first episode of the evening, season right. five, episode twelve, basic story. Uh, directed by J. Chandrasekhar, uh, written by Carol Kolb. In this uh, first part of the finale, uh, Greendale is visited by an insurance appraiser, uh, played by a mad TV all-star. Greendale is finally deemed uh, soluble (laughs) in that Greendale has value. Uh, So immediately the school board guys decide to sell it off to the Subway Sandwich Corporation. Uh, And at the same time, in a a crisis, (laughs) uh, Jeff and Britta decide to get married. Once again, for the third and final time, Jeff and Britta decide it's time to get married. (laughs) Um, So this episode's weird. (laughs) This is an odd um, even by even by community standards, I think this is a bit of an odd duck. Because you oh, have to straight. I don't remember specifics, but I do remember that this episode or these two episodes are fucking weird. Fucking weird. And as we talked about in the advanced advanced judges of dragons episode, like they were kind of making this up as they went along, even more so than normal community standards. So, right. like again, they're just like throwing shit at the wall and hoping something sticks. There's a lot of moments in here <laughs> where you're like, "Oh, okay, they ADR'd something off camera because like this did not oh, make yeah. sense." Um, it was like watching like like the Whedon cut of Justice League or like 
one of the Marvel movies where they like obviously saved this one in editing where you're like, huh, a lot of lines are being delivered off camera <laughs> on this right. one. Um, they really, they really saved this one in post. Uh, so this one, this one has the weird runner where Abed's mission is to not make story happen. So like the camera becomes a sentient object that is following Abed around Greendale. Oh, yeah, they go meta for no actual reason. Like, it's not like a documentary. He just somehow out of nowhere knows where the camera is. Abed becomes conscious of the camera. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. It's kind of universe shattering for me. I remember seeing that happen and I went, no. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, why'd you do that? You said that as I bit into my sandwich, and I was like, oh, what did I do? What's wrong with no, not the sandwich. sandwich. You've already, look, you've already decided to do that to your own body. I can't tell you what to do to your body. That's your body. I but I watched the show and I bowels. I, nothing, nothing affects me. People talk about, like, Taco Bell fucking with them. I'm like, I could eat a Taco I'm Bell good. every day. I could eat it. I could probably nothing. eat a shopping cart and be okay. <laughs> Not full of food. The shopping cart itself. No, the shopping cart itself, yes. As if you were Matter Eater Lad, the minor DC hero who just, like, eats pipes and The shit. what? Matter Eater Lad. Is he this eats... a real character? Why would I make up Matter Eater Lad? I don't know, Kevin. <laughs> Why would you buy Subway after planning it for a month for a stupid bit? I don't understand how One month? How dare you? Like, six months. <laughs> been thinking about this trip to subway for like six months oh fuck that's i'm so sorry that's That's true no that's several months yeah like halfway through season three that was a long that was another lifetime ago long time ago that was was like height of pandemic yeah we were fever my god fever when you hold me fever when you hold me tight um yeah it's wild uh a, a buck wild episode that like Oftentimes the camera's panning to like a man sipping soup or it's cut to nothing. And then like the Ludwig Gorenson like plays while like nothing is happening. It's, it's, yeah, no wonder MBC canceled this show. (laughs) I can't, I can't blame them. Um, The only (laughs) other time I've seen a TV show shatter its reality this completely is... If what okay for any reason are you familiar with the uh, sitcom Till Death starring Brad Garrett? You know, Kevin, I can't say that I am. Okay, well, th- I you know what, honestly, fair. Um, so this is a show starred Brad Garrett, which everyone would know from Everybody Loves Raymond, of course, play the brother Robert. Um, mm-hmm. And the show was originally premised as. Uh, Brad Garrett and his wife live next door to a young couple. So it's honestly kind of like the show Abed ends up pitching for Jeff and Britta in the second episode here. Um, <laughs> and and it, it's nothing fucking spectacular. It's a very normal, like, ah, uh, different uh, people can't get along kind of show. And as the show goes along, for whatever reason, Fox gets it into their head. They're like, we need to get this to the, there's a, so there's a, there's a golden number you want to hit so that your show will get syndicated, right? So, like, you get this many episodes, other networks buy your show so that they can just play How I Met Your Mother, that 70s show, all day long, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So, for whatever reason, Fox made this their pet project to get the show to that many episodes. And, like, they just keep slashing the budget actively out from under the show. The the young couple next door, they leave the show. 
Um, all this to say is that, like, the daughter's boyfriend becomes a major character. And towards the end of their final season, season four, where no one gave a fuck, um, the, the, <laughs> the, the boyfriend starts believing he is on a TV show. And at times, he, like, breaks through... This was, like, a laugh track show, so it's, like, a three-camera. And at one point, he just, like, leaves the set and starts, like, fucking with the cameras and, like, messing with the boom guy. This happened on just, like, a regular-ass sitcom. Um, this, that this this man just it had a completely like divorce from reality. It feels like they tried to do uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You know mm. what I'm... You know mm-hmm. specifically what I'm referring to? Where mm-hmm. he says something mm-hmm. like, well, then why can't we afford a roof? And then he looks up... And then the camera pans up to reveal that they're in a studio. Yeah. And Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince always did shit like that. You know, yeah, Will Fresh would turn the camera. Like, from episode one, they would have him like br- like clock camera. He'd be like, yeah. break the fourth, break the fifth wall. You know, like just that was, really. That was part of the part of the language of the show. Part of the language that yeah, part of the established aesthetics, and it's just like what the what the fuck. It's what? kind of like um, honestly, like I've been watching a lot of Marx Brothers movies lately, and it's like yeah, this. The Marx Brothers don't ask you to believe in an inherent reality, right? Like the fact you, that you, you are watching you watch a movie you understand is understand innately of it. that these are vaudeville performers that are known as a trio, and so you start watching and you're like, "There's three independent characters that have nothing to do with each other, and they're somehow at some point going to magically have a fully coordinated and choreographed bit Musical where they do something together." And yeah. you just kind of accept it. Absolutely. And, like, the one I watched most recently, they start, like, turning the camera. Groucho Marx makes a joke about the Hayes Code, about how he's not allowed to fuck on camera. It's so, it's wild. Wait, which um, one was that? That was at the circus. Uh, he starts, they starts doing direct to camera. And at one point, he's like, well, we can't, uh, he's, like, with a lady. And he's like, well, we can't do anything to mess with the Hayes office. And he, like, looks directly at, at camera <laughs> so that the audience were like, yeah, you're not allowed to fuck. A leader. <laughs> wait, wait, at the circus? At the circus. It's pretty good. I liked it quite a bit. I like a- their stuff. Oh, my God. The Thing is on Criterion Channel? Yeah. It's leaving at the end of the month, so, so hop two. Well, shit. Well, shit. Well, you get to watch The Thing. Congratulations. Great watch- movie. I might watch that tonight. I've oh, been yeah. meaning to watch the original The Thing for a while. Oh, wow. so great. The way that we do tangents, let me tell you. It's ya. amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm excited to get some Cronenberg gore into my system. Well, it's, uh, <laughs> you have to keep looking. <laughs> Wait, that's not Cronenberg that did the special effects for that one? No. Well, I, I don't know if he was on like the special effects team. I, uh, I thought, it, I, is it Rick Baker? He usually does a lot of like sicko shit. But that movie, it's a John Carpenter movie. I don't know, maybe, I don't, yeah. was was Cronenberg a special effects technician before that? Maybe you're, Maybe I'm about to learn something. I might have made that up. That's entirely oh. possible. Uh, this episode's weird. Uh, it sets up a lot for the treasure hunt storyline of the second part. Uh, I actually really like the section with the insurance appraiser. Uh, where he comes in and he's like, what's a dog? The city defines a dog as any entity with four legs and a tail. So, <laughs> cats, <laughs> cows, horses, they, all species where, no, of dogs. This is next season where they go, where they're talking about City College saying that they let it, they gave a dog a degree. Yeah, you didn't do that, that, did you? And then he goes silent. And he goes, you didn't. <laughs> did we give a degree? To a dog. To uh, a dog. I, can't, I, I hope y'all are ready for like 13 episodes of me mimicking Patrick Brewster deliveries because it's coming. Okay, wait. 
yeah, it, the insurance appraiser section, it's funny. I like Michael McDonald. He's a funny guy. Um, one of the best people to ever be on Mad TV. When he's trying to, like, tip over the vending machine on himself Wait, and he can't what? do it. Uh, God, how do I explain to you who Michael McDonald is? The guy who plays the insurance appraiser was a Mad TV cast member. Um, you might know him as the guy who gets run over by the steamroller in the first Austin Powers movie. You might... God, um, that didn't get you? He played Stuart on Mad TV? The guy that played Stuart? Michael McDonald, comedian. Hold, please. I need to see a picture of this guy's face. You'll know him. If you see this dude, you'll be like, ah, he was on an episode of a show I watch because he's everywhere. And he directs a lot of TV now. <laughs> I'm going as fast as I can. Give me a second. Yeah, there it is. Right, Michael, uh, not to be confused with the singer of the exact same name. Of the, uh, from the Doobie Brothers. Uh, was he on the Doobie Brothers? That makes sense. That checks out. My One episode know. of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. He was in the new Ghostbusters. Yes, I know his face immediately. Upon seeing it, I'm like, yes, I yeah, know this guy. You're like, ah, oh, yes, this man. Um, yeah, anyway... That- Funny fucking guy. Um, you know, good for him. He's still booking. He still works. Uh, despite the fact that he was on Mad TV. Um, uh, hey, so didn't Key and Peele start on Mad TV? Exactly. It's, it's on. Okay. fundamentally shit talk Mad TV because it didn't reach the same pop culture status as Saturday Night Live. But it uh, was an institution. Ike Barinholtz, Arden Marine, you know, uh, um, a, lot of, a lot of other talented people. I will say that just somehow with the sheer amount of talented funny people that were on that show and resulted from that show it's amazing how unfunny it really was it's like how did you have all these funny people and this show is not good it's amazing uh nicole parker um a great great cast of characters just somehow it just somehow never really it just never really worked never really took off it never Uh, it never really picked up it's hard to find uh, what bobby lee um, I well, watch a lot of Mad it was, TV. I mean, it's it's closest uh, relation. I mean, I mean people, when you think of Mad, I don't think of Mad TV. I think of Mad Magazine. You know, mm-hmm. so it's it's hard to take the shortest of short. Like the Mad Magazine was like, you, like we've got memes right now which are four panels, and that was Mad Magazine's shit. That was Mad Magazine. I mean, Mad Magazine is like. A, a magazine whose humor is single images. You know what I mean? Like it's not. Yeah. It's not even like sketch. Like it's one picture where like. And then they Darth Vader is called it. like Although Darth TV. Vapor, and he's vaping. You know, like it's just. It's just dumb shit. And then I mean, like. Yeah, it's just horrible. Some of the most famous, I, the Mad TV sketches that were famous when I was growing up, when I was a children. When I was were, a um, can I get your number? Uh-huh. Which was a yeah, woman. I- drag dressed as a guy hitting on a girl in a movie theater which quite Classic. frankly is incredible gender satire good stuff good stuff and the other one was just a white woman being doing a racist caricature of an asian woman this at drive yes that was the other big one played by played by alex borstein uh, oh, who would of course voice uh lois griffin for a thousand thousand ever, years. and ever and ever is that show um, still running or is it reruns only now no, it's still it's still running, which is unbelievable. And also, she was um, the harp player on Gilmore Girls. Um, anyway, okay. Uh, question: This might be totally wrong. Is she also in Marvelous Miss Maisel? I haven't seen that show. I think she is though, because that's from the creator of Gilmore Girls. So that would make sense that she would be on that show. What's her name? What's that actor's name? 
Oh, yeah, okay. Oh. Yeah, eat your Subway sandwich. No, don't don't let me doing the actual podcast get in the way of you oh, doing it. Oh, fuck you. Alex Borstein. <laughs> B-O-R-S-T-E-I-N. Wait, Alex, what was that? I just oh, said Borstein. it and Borstein. spelled There it. she is. Alex Borstein. Kick your ass over Skype for God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, Family Guy, Marvelous Miss Maisel. She's got a big role in Maisel as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's so crazy how like her big her big come up when I was growing up was her just straight up. It was there was no punchlines. It was her just being racist and then kind of an asshole. And it was yeah. like, what? 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 Yeah, pretty fucked up, right? Uh... Mad TV. What a what a time. What a time to be alive. Uh, obviously we have a lot to say about this episode of Community. Um, I, uh, oh, Hickey has an unbelievable delivery in this episode, uh, where he says, I've seen insurance appraisers bleed. The blood's different. Darker. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, that fucking kills me. That, that absolutely. I think Hickey is the character that <laughs> I think I probably underestimate, like I, I, un, un, I'm going to try that one more time. Hickey is the character that I underrated the most, for sure. Like, when watching the show, I was never like, this character is great. And now, it's the same thing with, like, going back and watching season four. Like, while I was watching it, I was like, it's really not bad. And then watching it in the critical lens, I'm like, oh, it's bad. And then Buzz Hickey, I was like, oh, yeah, he's fine. And then now watching it with the critical lens, I'm like, I fucking love this guy. (laughs) I love this dude. He's so fucking funny. Uh, You know, again, it's completely understandable that he would leave this show after the season and go do the Breaking Bad prequel. You know, like that 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 makes perfect sense. Uh, But I I love that we got fucking 12 episodes. Ooh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and this one was Yahoo, right? Season five was Yahoo, or six was Yahoo? Six was Yahoo. We are about to enter the Yahoo years, and you'll it, it, the vibe is different. Like it's yeah, looser. it's a vibe check for sure. It's obvious that they have no money. You know, like there's a lot of a lot of changes right. uh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that happened in the in the transition to to Yahoo Screen, uh, but. You know, it's good. There's 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 good killers in this in this episode. I I really like the scene between Jeff and Britta where they ultimately come to the conclusion that they should get married and have sex on the study room table again. Uh, they got to break this one in. They haven't had sex on this one. That like I I think it's really like sweet that they're like they're older than most of the other characters. They're having this sort of heart to heart. Like, well, we've been here for five years and the only thing we got done was each other, you know, like it's, it, we might as well. Um, it does make a certain sense. Um, and, and uh, watching the behind the scenes of the, that documentary, uh, there was another version of these two episodes. The, the one from the advanced yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yes. Um, there's another version of this episode. They were pitching where, it's it's Jeff ultimately comes to the conclusion that uh, Britta is the one that means the most to him in that very very contrived <laughs> sequence uh, in in the next episode that we will of course get to. Uh, but but it's it, it's an interesting enough little episode with some good jokes. But it's just it's just deeply odd. <laughs> is oh for sure. Uh, school board guys, you know I love them. Uh, they come in and. <laughs> The dean asks if they're drunk, and Richie says, "Good luck proving it before we're not." 
which is very funny uh, <laughs> drunk cat behavior. It's, uh, it's oh, I love lines like that. Like, oh man, that is such an incredible one-liner. Yeah, good luck proving it before we're not. Uh, it's one of those things that when you hear it, you go, "What did I just hear?" And then when you sit on it for a second, you go, "That's fucking funny." That's fucking. It's like, wow, so, that's like weirdly smart and interesting. That's like, uh, what an oddly cogent thing to say in that state. Yeah, it's, in, that, <laughs> in that state. Uh, what a what an overwritten thing to say. Uh, but it's it's uh, yeah. Anyway, okay, let's let's get into the the next part. But it's also in this episode that we set up um, uh, Russell Borchert. Borchert Borchert loves computers more than women's butts or hooters. Um, that he. <laughs> He had sex with the computer and died of the world's first computer virus. Um, back when Greendale was called Greendale Computery College, which is very funny. Um, oh, man. Yeah, this dips. He was a millionaire and a genius. You have sex with one computer and that's your legacy. Uh, what will I be? The, the bald dean with glasses, I guess. Um, and we... Yeah, and we <laughs> move now into our second part uh where the gang hatches a plan to look for greendale's buried treasure so uh, stupid i love so it fun. i love I, that they did a buried treasure plot line it it is it just makes sense for this show do i yeah. sort of wish that it was actually like troy out at sea doing a buried treasure thing with lavar burton yeah for sure well, i mean that of course you amazing. do right like that's... yeah of course i do but I, I am glad that we got a buried treasure episode it's all it, it only seems fitting I don't this, think is another, <laughs> this is another this is another one of those no they never do a pirate uh thing pirate is not quite enough of a genre yeah you know it 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 was a genre back in like the the 40s and 50s but it never really expanded outside that decade with of course the one very notable exception um of five uh johnny depp movies uh but that i would even consider to be movies based on uh theme park rides yeah i mean they're still pirate movies indisputably but i I understand what there's there's isolated pirates after that like pirates of penzance or whatever that was before that that's that's old school yeah well maybe i'm just thinking of the movie that that has like kevin klein so it's like from wait they did a remake of parts of parts of i don't think it's a remake i mean it's an adaptation of the gilbert and sullivan i don't know pirates of penzance is 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 a gilbert and sullivan opera from 1879 Oh, well, that shows what I know about Gilbert and Sullivan. Well, they did it with Kevin Yeah, Gilbert Klein. and Sullivan, no, Gilbert and Sullivan are fucking old, dude. I didn't realize that, okay? <laughs> They're like operetta. Yeah, no, Pirates of Penzance is like oldest of old school, for sure, for sure. I understand I, I, that I, now. Now I understand. Now I your help. whole plan is clear hey, as t- I'm glad I could help you. Yeah. Know that. It's about time someone did. Sincerely, uh, you're a musical theater nerd. No, I, um... I actually think that Pirates of the Caribbean is the most contemporaneous. Is that the right word? The most contemporary of the pirate films. I mean, indisputably, right? I think there were a couple. I mean, there was like the Ardman Animation did a movie called Pirates, you know, sure. um, I mean, I which was like a, a with animated stuff. I think Disney also does some spinoff TV yeah. shows well, here and there. Okay, Jace, we are forgetting one 
unbelievable exception. And a, a fina- the most popular story of its medium, one of the biggest money-making stories of all time, is still going now 20 years and is about pirates. And it is called One Piece. Is One Piece about pirates? It's about pirates. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's about little pirates, and they're on I the don't sea. know One Piece super well. I, well, I'm it's like, about well. I'm only moderately well. involved in the anime scene. Like I know like more than the average person does about anime, but I still don't know stuff that an anime fan would know. You know? No, I did fair. not realize One Piece was a pirate show. That's fun. I like you, you say that it sounds vaguely familiar, but that's not something that would have that I would have like been like. For oh, sure. I mean, duh. I I only really. I mean, I was I was aware that One Piece was about you know people sailing, but like I didn't know before October where I took it upon myself to. You used to work read at a comic book and manga store, yeah, so like, so that checks out. That, you were a that bit makes more sense. familiar with the. Content I was aware that... enough that boats were involved. You know. Um, yeah, I didn't really know too much about boats. Yeah, with, that's well, absolutely. Like, in one piece, I should say. I know it. I no, I don't know a lot about those. I've, I've, I've piece, said actually. a lot of things about you, Jace. I've never called you seaworthy. You know, I've never, I've never. I'm not seaworthy. I grew up in a surf town, like with like boats and shit. But I'm not. I I, I enjoy yacht rock on occasion. I don't know. Okay. If that okay. counts. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> but no, now I'm we're not, talking. I don't. I don't know. I don't. Well. I was gonna say I don't know how to tie knots, but I, I don't know how to tie sailor knots. Um, happy Pride Month! I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to tie sailor knots, honey. Oh, honey! I don't. That's hey. some bad euphemism. Yeah, that I don't know. Make any sense. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, buried treasure. <laughs> buried treasure. Buried treasure. Buried treasure. Buried treasure. Uh, they're going wild in that, in that, that, I believe that is unscripted. I think they just did that. You know, <laughs> it makes for what we understand at this point in the production that they and just went fucking roll it. That they were like, I don't know, these three actors are having a good time with this little dance. Fuck it. It's the end of the episode. <laughs> fuck it. Fuck it. Um, it, it, it checks out. This is also the point where... And this is not a fault of the performer, but where I think Annie kind of starts to fade away and we get a lot more Alison Brie, who is like a very expressive, like uh, goofball kind of human being. You know what I mean? This is where like that starts to like come uh, to the to. forefront. Because, well, it's not that she, but she's like very, you know, Annie Edison is very tight laced, very, very, very uh, strong up, very, very, you know, high, uh, orderly. And this is the point where, like, she really start. Allison starts to bleed even more so into the character. And she's right. going, there's a couple deliveries in this set of episodes where she's like, no, uh. <laughs> and it's like, it's full, it's full <laughs> bleed. You see her, you know? like, <laughs> regress to a child. Yeah, she, <laughs> this is the point where they start doing, like, Annie and Abed have secret handshakes, and it's her milking him like a cow, you know, which is like Allison Brie shit more than it's Annie. And I think. Shit. I mean, it, it doesn't feel out of place too much because it feels no, like she's didn't. filling out a bit of the void that Troy has left, and they are roommates. But she it is fun to see that and, evolution and, and, for sure. Yeah, and, uh, it checks out again. Not a not a criticism. It's just something oh, no, that no, happens no. here in the it, late in the gotcha. in, in the uh, end. Yeah. Um, sort of a similar process that happened with 
Britta, but you know, like four seasons ago. Um, <laughs> let's okay. Season five, episode thirteen, Basic Sandwich, directed by Rob Schraub, written by Ryan Ridley. Um, most of the Save Greendale committee goes down a hole into the secret hallways of uh, Greendale's former uh, uh, academic building. Wait, did you say Ryan Ridley, like from Rick and Morty Ryan Ridley? Yeah, this is where he enters the, the fold. This is where he enters the Harmon fold. Well, I, think... I was like, I haven't heard that name before. For uh, Has he done a community episode before? No, I think, okay, because I think, I think Rick and Morty season one has aired at this point, or at least has, like, wrapped production, and so Ryan is a, is a writer on the first season of that, and he's also, like, a voice actor all over it, um, Uh, yeah, constantly, because that show actually has, like, three voice actors, you know, like, that that Rick and Morty is, like, 90% three guys, (laughs) and then everyone else does, uh, I just watched the season five, uh, premiere, it was very good, I enjoyed it. I haven't seen it yet, you enjoyed it? It was good. It's on YouTube for free right now. If you want something else to watch, yeah, after, I'm, after I'm, I'm very, uh, very excited. Yeah, Mister Nimbus, uh, we stand a, a wet king. Um, what the so fuck did you just say? you'll understand. I will. I will. I'm concerned. The episode. Uh, so so they go underneath to the the remnants of Greendale Computer College to track down. Uh, Russell Borchert, played by Chris Elliott, uh, the person who actually founded and owns Greendale, and they discover Borchert's gold. Uh, This episode... Okay, can can I address one very controversial topic at the top of this episode? Because they find a poster where the 70s debate team was debating who's hotter, Elliott Gould or Donald Sutherland. And Jeff and Uh the Dean both say Donald Sutherland, but it is clearly Elliot Gould. <laughs> Wait, let me look up both of these people. Donald Look up, look up 70s Sutherland. Donald Sutherland. 70s He's Donald in MASH. Sutherland. He's in the remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. You know, that's the right Sunday's era the to look for pictures of Okay, him. and then who's the other one? Elliot Gould. Look up 70s Elliot Gould. Write the fuck now and tell me he does not own Donald Sutherland's ass. <laughs> Come on. All right, let's see here. Elliot Gould does funny stuff, right? He's a funny man. Oh, he's a funny guy. He was a he was a Robert Altman oh regular. Oh my god, it's not even close. It's how much not even Elliot close. Gould is. <laughs> Look at look at the pictures of Elliot Gould and Barbara Streisand from when they were married. That's like that's some of the hottest two people have ever fucking been. In you know our... what? Here's you want to hear my my quick piecemeal theory. Please, Donald Sutherland. Sutherland? Donald Sutherland. Wait, is he the father of Keeper Sutherland? I don't think that timeline checks out. I think Keeper might be too old. Why do I see? Donald Kiefer Sutherland, finally. What is this? Okay, anyway, what I was saying is Donald Sutherland looks a little bit like, especially when he's got the full beard, a little mm-hmm. bit like Dan Harmon. And that's probably why they're making Donald Sutherland? Show. I was thinking that he more closely resembles Joel McHale of the two given actors. I mean, it's an incredible joke that that would be the debate. Kiefer Sutherland is Donald Sutherland's fucking kid. 
Wow. I thought... Maybe That's I think Keith Sutherland is older what? than he is. The... Uh, Keeper Sutherland wow. was in his late teens when he finally got the opportunity to see S- Donald's 70s era movies. Okay, I found a Los Angeles Times article about the nice, two of them. Nice. <gasps> uh, what the fuck? That's crazy. That's fucked up. I didn't, I didn't know realize that. they were a dynastic family. I thought he was like his uncle, but I guess no. It's a it's a full dynasty, folks. Uh, folks, we got a dynasty on our hands. Sutherland dynasty. Someone call the Coppolas because we got a dynasty on our hands. But yeah, it's literally no question. Elliot Gold it's no right question. next to uh, Barbara Streisand. Yeah, no. Are you kidding no doubt. me? There's a picture. I'm looking at this picture of uh, Elliot Gold with a cigarette in his mouth that's basically halfway burnt, but the ashes are still fully attached. His tie's a little loose. Burn his hair's it on a little me, Elliot. I'm like, burn this me, cute, <laughs> bastard. Oh my god. Um, wow. I never yeah, got the joke because whenever people say names of celebrities in TV shows, I'm like, yeah, it's not gonna because I don't know any of them anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the that was that was you just like zoning out because you're like, what? Who are these you guys? You said uh, things. It's not even. It's not even. Sounds vaguely familiar, but I do not know what any of those. Yeah. No, come on. Okay, uh, thank you for <laughs> for no, just you like are right. you are right. Because uh, like, and no, right. no shade at Donald Sutherland. Okay, Donald Sutherland is a very special kind of hot. But, like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> no, it's, not, it's not even a contest. It's like, okay. It's put, like put if you were... Do, you do a Twitter poll. <laughs> I really want to see what the audience thinks. Thinks. I mean, uh, they better be on our side or all... Whatever, horny freaks. No. Um, but it's like... It, okay, it's like... It's it's like if you said... If, I, if the debate team topic was, like, who's hotter... Chris Hemsworth uh-huh. or a second person who is attractive, but come on now. <laughs> come, <laughs> five, five, five. Come on now. <laughs> come, come, who's, who's hotter, Chris or Liam? <laughs> like, I uh, that's all I could think of. I've, I, well, that I was have a close one. Chris that's and actually Liam. close. Cause Liam is also hot. I have too much to keep. They also just look like each other. Ooh, Who's sorry. hotter, Chris Hemsworth or Mark Ruffalo? Oh, uh, R- Ruffalo yeah, okay, is not... Wait, okay, so yeah, you're on the same page as I am. Ruffalo's hotter. <laughs> oh, I was not, but... Um, okay, well, uh, never Ruffalo's mind. So apparently, my type. I'd be like, well, look at this cute bastard. He's, yeah, hey, he's shit. very cute. Again, that was the point. was like, no one is knocking Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> but like... No, but Chris on. Hemsworth uh, is like... He's fucking Thor. Like, come, come on. on. Uh, right. I mean, obviously the energies are, are totally different. Um, totally. can I, can totally. I, can I honestly say my, uh, opi- well, I don't know why I'm asking. This is the podcast yeah, where I offer my anyway. opinion on the episode. I love everything in this episode, except for the entire length of time they are in Russell Borchardt's computer room. Th- almost nothing like, that happened. Uh, I'm remembering there's like a karaoke machine bit. That the oh the bit with the jukebox is fucking hysterical. Jukebox. Where they play yeah. "Open the Door" by the Secret Doors, and it's like "Open the door, ooh, mama, the door is opening." Ooh, yeah, is so funny. 
to me. Um, and then when they're closing it, they're like, closing the door quicker than the first time for dramatic effect. <laughs> it's like such a, it's such a fucking Rick and Morty joke. It kills me. It's so That's true. So it is funny. very Rick and Morty. This is where the humor sense, starts to like. Ryan Ridley did this one. Oh, exactly. Okay. This is where, this is where like the Rick and Morty sensibility like really starts to bleed over into community and they, and they kind of, and they kind of mold. Um, there for a second but like everything in the hallway where they're doing jokes about the 70s where they find like basketball cards with white people on them where abed is like (laughs) is just trying to shove 70s references down everyone's throat and he starts like developing like jeff and britta (laughs) spinoff married sitcoms um all of that is really funny the stuff with like i as much as a bummer as it is that shirley does not come down in the hole with them it's so weird that she doesn't that it's just like her and hickey up top um it's it's strange uh but but anyway like i like all the stuff where like the school board guy the school board guy has psychic powers oh paragliding he's robbing their brains i robbed it um i can't remember did he ever successfully do anything he he said hang glider and greek restaurant and at the end of the episode hickey is like can i tell you a secret i was thinking about a hang glider <laughs> and, <it's, laughs> uh, and then he goes up to like a native a native american who's just there and he's like the true owners of this land are the arapaho <laughs> and the school board guy richie is like would it offend you if i asked you to teach me in the ways of special power <laughs> Which oh, is like, it's, yeah, it's. I weird. forgot about that. Is that the bumper? No, that's just no. The bumper is about Richie, but it's like, what if it's like fake NBC shows where like Quest Love from the Roots is the host of Celebrity Beat Off, uh, BJ is Novak. Celebrity Beat Off. Beat Off. Yeah. Terrible. Uh, Terrible. Uh, BJ Novak is Mister Egypt. <laughs> He's just like a mummy. They have a show called Intensive Karen. Of, about oh like a doctor in a wheelchair it's very funny very, spoilers for the rankings very good but it's so so odd that, that this happens um and well, it's gonna and be a difficult called... one to rank because you're the only one that has this in recent so it's gonna be you kind of just picking numbers and me being It'll like be yeah very, i guess so <laughs> be the kevin ranking show here we go um and maybe you'll hazily remember it and be able to to lend some assistance there uh but like everything in the hallway where there's like good back and forth repartee uh where they like are like burning down the teacher's lounge to find the next clue um it's like that all that all that shit is really funny and then when they come up at the end and jeff is like "Uh, now i teach law at greendale so i don't know a lot about law (laughs) uh and uh subway subway uh does not do conflict Uh, we do good food at good prices we are simple sandwich artists uh and everyone chants eat fresh it's there's a ton of fucking good jokes it's also that scene at the end where they're having like the press conference is so funny because you're like, this show has no money left. There are three extras in this scene. <laughs> There's like no one here. Uh, it's, it's, it's rushed. Shall That's we say amazing. they were shoving this one out the door as they were, as they were trying to try to figure out what the fuck was going on. Um, oh, that's so good. Yeah. Sorry. I, I derailed it. But when they get into, no. Russell Borchardt's room 
And it's like a bunch of jokes about how like emoticons are stupid and people arguing in the YouTube comments of cat videos. I'll just let me let me offer. I am no script writing expert. I dabble. Let me offer some script writing uh-huh. advice to everyone. Is it your Joke? degree in script writing? It is. But like, come on now. Um, five, five, five. <laughs> come on now. Uh, it's let jokes about YouTube comments have never once been funny. We can stop trying. Okay, I was just gonna say that um, we can stop trying. I think wreck that, it, Ralph. To yeah, Ralph breaks the internet. We could not <laughs> do jokes about YouTube comments. I think, especially like at that time, like with the way that they talk about it in that context aged really awkwardly youtube has kind of shifted so dramatically so drastically so quickly over the past decade not even that references to youtube culture don't age they don't they they fit they 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 do not have a contemporary retention like these references don't hold so it's kind of hard and it's it's tough. And then there's also there's this weird moment at the beginning where Abed is like bracing him for like, all right, let me rip off some band-aids real quick. Uh, TV shows don't give any time for theme songs anymore. Uh, he says a second one, and then his third one is Woody Allen voiced a cartoon ant. Which let's just say if we're ripping off Woody Allen related band-aids in 2014. We were aware <laughs> that he did worse shit by then. <laughs> Why is that the Woody Allen band-aid that we decide to I'm pop? going to take a guess that they wrote something a bit more on the nose. Oh, and yeah. someone went, nope! <laughs> it, it should be said that Abed's uh, line about ants uh, is delivered entirely off camera. So yeah, there was another joke there that they cut at the oh, last Oh god. Uh, but it doesn't oh, work god. and then Jeff puts on a headset that reads his feelings and then he looks at Annie and his feelings are powerful enough to open the door. Um no thank you. Yeah, no, don't don't give the Jeff and Annie shippers any more fucking fodder for that no. flame. There, there was, there's some debate in the cutting of it of whether or not it's because he looks at, you know, uh, Britta, Abed, Dean, and Annie, and it's like, oh, the collective power of all four of them. But it ends on Annie, and in apparently on the commentary, Dan Harmon confirms that it is his feelings about Annie, but like, whatever, the commentary doesn't get to tell me what's in the show. Anyway, I don't... <laughs> No, the guy, but the guy that wrote it does. I mean, death of the author. Uh, where you know, it's it, once it's in there in the public eye, what, intention does not equal execution. But also, it's whatever. I, I I'm an adult. I have sex. It doesn't matter if the show <laughs> wants to confirm a ship or whatever. Kevin, what the fuck? I like. I mean, that's that's what I'll use to be like. Who cares? <laughs> I'm an adult. I have sex. I I'm an adult. I, Kevin, I'm going to let you know right now that might be the least favorite thing you've ever said. <laughs> that's saying something. That's <laughs> steep fucking competition. <laughs> oh, are you going to try and one-up yourself now? 
<laughs> I listen. I have fucking thirteen more episodes of Community to do it, baby. All uh, right, I can, then, I can see it happening. And then whatever we do after that. Um, True. Yeah. yeah. Which I know people, you have ideas. We've talked I about have a couple ideas. People keep asking me, and I'm like, I don't know. Let me let me finish this one first. Let's do this first. Maybe like. <laughs> Then we'll talk. Then we'll talk, yeah. We'll talk. You know, like, when's Witcher Season 2 coming out? We'll talk, you know? Yeah, Um, we did Witcher for a while, too. Yeah, I don't know. They're doing a convention next month. Like, just a Witcher convention, which, like... How? I feel like there's not enough content to have a full convention. Well, it's it's Netflix and the video games are... They've they've they're doing a Netflix collab. and the video games and the books, but even still, I don't. Yeah, I don't know like... if anybody invited Orbit Books <laughs> to, to join. I don't know if they invited like uh, Hachette to join in on the on the conversation. Um, anyway, uh, this this episode is fine. There's sections I really like, but the whole time we're in the fucking big computer winter soldier room i'm like i this none of this (laughs) none of this is making it happen for me none none of this is getting me getting me up off the ground um but you know i i also like to point out when it's somebody's last episode and there's a few um on this one yeah it's a finale Uh, episode Obviously, it is the Subway representative's last episode, um, which, like, not a major character, but he always made me laugh. Every time he shows up, that guy that guy kills me. You know, um, as far as nailing a cameo, that guy knew how to do it. Nailing a cameo. It's also worth noting, there's a section where, like, a bunch of Subway employees show up to, like, deliver exposition, and one of them is the guy that replaced Subway the character in digital exploration of interior design it's like one of them that's is a good fake little detail subway it's a good little callback um but it is the final episode of both hickey and duncan this is duncan's final episode damn i am glad they brought him back for a hot sack he, he had a lot of great moments this season a lot of great end tags he kind of owned a lot of the end tags this season and that I that all love John Oliver so much. <laughs> he's so funny, and like obviously he's doing great. Like he's making he's more money than he ever fine. has. He's doing he's just wiping his ass fine. with Emmys. He has so many, you know. Like it's just uh, good for him. But it's it. This is the end of Duncan, someone who's been with us since the pilot. You know, literally in the pilot. Yeah, on and off. Uh, obviously, because of uh, John Oliver's schedule on his many successful comedy programs, right. But, but this is it. After a long storied history, one of the characters who can get a laugh out of me most consistently. Like, they're True. right yeah. beside Troy. Yeah. Yeah. Bound for pound. The the guy could deliver. Uh, so, as we go on, we remember all the times we had together. If I was more technically sound, I would play that song on the pod, but I don't, I don't know how to do that. Yeah, that's... We remember we have a perfectly good And this is this is also it for uh, Buzz Hickey. Uh, Damn, really? Yeah, that's true. This is it. He After the Between Seasons, he leaves to go do Better Call Saul. Uh, there's a brief... Uh, blink and you miss it mentioned that he died um what? in season six i'll point it out when it happens i don't oh, know geez. um well well uh, i don't care he's alive in my head head cannon <laughs> he's alive um because fuck it you know uh whatever it's it, and 
you know, Jonathan Banks was an interesting choice to join this show. Uh, community oh, so often good. will pull dramatic actors instead of comedic actors. Will? You know what I mean? No, who will do that? Uh, community, the television program. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'll pull they'll pull John Goodman, who obviously is like a mixed, but like they'll pull John Goodman. They'll pull in Michael K. Williams from The Wire if they want a teacher for a season. Um, and and so Jonathan Can I Banks tell you something is like, fun about John Goodman. Sorry, I don't want to not to go too far off, but no, we did as many spend John forty Goodman minutes facts talking about about musicals. Are you familiar with John Goodman's musical work? Uh, I am familiar with. I'm uh, sorry, I turned off my video. Um, I am familiar with a couple things. I'm familiar that he did the theme song for a parody video game called Pissed. And it's a song about how he's pissed. I know he was in the Blues Brothers 2000, replacing John Belushi. I know that he is in the David Byrne-directed movie uh, True Stories, where he sings a few songs. Um, he, he of course, sings the end credit song of Monsters, Inc. Well, that's because he's in it. He, of course, sings the end credit song of Monsters, Inc. But did you know... I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have. <laughs> Sorry. Did you know? <laughs> no, that was a good one. Did Thank you know that John Goodman was in the original Broadway cast of Big River, which is the, the Tom, Huckleberry Finn? The Huckleberry musical. Finn, yeah. And he plays Huckleberry Finn's dad and has a song called Government, where he sings about how he hates the government. Now, if I. <laughs> were to track down is there an obc for there most certainly is it is accessible just about anywhere where music is streaming look up big river it's one of the earlier songs on the album it's called gov apostrophe meant government <laughs> when um, i was doing vocal stop. lessons i almost did a song from big river but Which it wasn't one? it wasn't that one hold on it's been a it's been a minute i did from the jekyll and hyde musical I did that, um, I peer through windows, watch life go by, think of tomorrow, and wonder why. Oh my god, hold on, give me one second. Hello? Hello? Speaker. Speaker That's okay. That was enough time for me to listen to government uh, one and a half times. So what? You, so yeah. So yeah. Government. Government. It was a great. It was a pop. It's a fun song. John <laughs> Goodman, a, original Broadway cast. He's a he's a great. Uh, he goes well alongside a harmonica. He's a he guy. Does. He just he works perfectly good. with her. Sounds harmonica. good. It's a great. It's a great show, and he does a great job at it. All great right. show. Um. All right. Well, I think we. I think we've about uh, done it up then. Uh, your your mom was telling us to wrap it up. So let's uh, <laughs> move on over to the rankings then, shall we? Do it. And it's mostly going to be, be, me being well, like... You don't have to take my word for it. Uh, so let's start with the end tags ranking. Um, 
the first is between Duncan and Hickey, uh, where they discover that they might be father and son. Uh, I remember this one. I really enjoy this one, actually. I, was, I used to hang out in Stansberry's. My mother was a Stansbury whore. Oh, <laughs> uh, good shit. Good shit. Um, they sing like an old British drinking song. It's oh, great. Oh, man. This one's fucking good this is a really um, shit where am i look shit where am i looking for this one um okay let's like i, Wait, I don't know for a pile of bullets and cocaine at number nine yeah you weren't there for that one but we were we were big fans <laughs> we were big fans of uh right. that scene where she's like start looking for cocaine honey because yeah. we cannot In afford the it yeah uh, yeah quit uh, your so, job uh, at apple computers <laughs> What Go kind of company offers stock options as a Christmas bonus? Um, so let's, for no apparent reason, look at number 20. The Pierce Poop Rap. How does this one stack against the Pierce Poop Rap? I mean, I could go above it. I could go a higher ranking. What are you thinking? I I could go... Mm, okay. Mm, uh, or do you okay. count one, too? Train of it, Dine and Dash. That's a good one. Dr. Doogie Secret. <laughs> That's just that line delivery alone is is really what... Dr. Exceptional. I'm Dr. Doogie Seacrest. <laughs> uh, Donald Glover, funny guy. Uh, okay, number 15, Carol of the Changs, where they do a Christmas song and it's just everyone's like catchphrase. I've never understood why this got ranked so high. <laughs> I don't okay. know why you and Caleb fucking love this one. It doesn't do much for me at all. Dean, 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 dean. <laughs> no, okay. Well, I won't be able to sell you, but I have a great time. So. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, let's look at let's look at ten. Hickey, uh, where they're where Troy and Abed are. It's not hiding. funnier than eleven, which is Pepperwater. It's definitely no, lower than. It's definitely in there. Abed's it's probably, it's lower than Abed stand up. It's Which probably, one's pledge drive? That's where they do a pledge drive. I don't know what that means. At the end of Pillows and Blankets, where they're like, "Hey, call in, give us your donations." You don't like doing? We don't like doing uh, them. You don't like seeing them? Uh, no, it's not as good as that one. That one's not as good as that one. So I'm I'm gonna put I would put it above Carol of the Changs, but I don't. But I and uh, Betty White after. That. I would. Maybe inch this one outside the top 20. If I'm asking myself honestly, do yeah, I enjoy okay, this great. as much as a rap about having a big poop breakfast with a glass of pee? Um, big fire alarm. Yeah, okay, yeah, 21's a good spot. Yeah, Vaughn's uh, breath is so bad, his butt's mad at his mouth. And then... <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what the uh, fuck uh, do I call this? Hickey and Duncan... Related? <laughs> And it's going to be a bunch of punctuation. Just you watch. There you go. Um, then the fake commercials. I like this one a lot as well. Um, and it's like perfectly pastiched to NBC uh, ads of yeah. that time. Um, they do this again in season six, right? With like Shirley. Yeah, they they do another like fake spinoff with the butcher and the baker, right? <laughs> where right, she right, right. Works for like a trouble. They also earlier on in the show they do like what like the fake ones that happen. No, it's the beginning of 
season four, one of the few things I like about it, uh-huh. where they have the fake Blind ads. blonde. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? The fake yeah, ads like, exactly. in the bottom of the yeah. screen. Oh, my God. I just so quoted good. one of them. Yeah. Which, what did you uh, say? Sorry. I said blind blonde. And that's... Uh, blonde. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Okay. Looking at the top 20 again, this one might actually crack it. This one might actually make its way in dare. Um, but is it as good I'm as... I'm going to recommend the new 15. I, as a starting point. I like that. Depends on what fails. <laughs> Which is what they all say in unison at the end. And it's very funny. Uh, and again, no wonder NBC cancelled this show. <laughs> and we briefly lived in a world where Abed saying that if they didn't come back next year, the world was wiped out by a meteor was canon. <laughs> so we briefly lived in that world. Uh, before Yahoo Screen was invented. Okay, now we're into the episodes, and I'm going to be honest, these are not going to be especially no, high. This is going to do some serious damage to Season 5's ranking as a whole. Yeah, this one's not going to do many 5 is Because, uh, like, okay, basic story. All right, the right now, I think our lowest 5 is number 77, VCR Maintenance and Educational Publishing. Would you put this above it or below it? Above. Uh, Above, but are you doing? Maybe, wait, okay. We're are doing you, the first we, half. Okay. Which I don't like as much as the second half, as right. much as I have problems with the second half. Right. Uh, if it's mm, no, this might be the worst episode of the season. I I think we I think we might live in that world where this is the worst episode of the season. I I'll take your word for it. Because then, because like, I can't believe home economics is down here this low, actually. Number 79, where Jeff lives in his car and Vaughn has two songs that are great. Because the episode itself is weak, but the songs are Yeah, the episode is weak, but the songs are great. Because, okay, because we used to use this as a barometer, actually. Home economics? Uh, yeah. Does anything in when this, e- this was, this was when the, yeah, this was a long time ago. Does anything in this episode bring me as much joy as Vaughn's two songs? And the answer is simply no. Well, there you go. Art of okay. Discourse. Which one's that? That's where they fight with the high schoolers. <laughs> I would uh, consider that one to be based on the way you're talking about it better than this episode. It do. Because uh, interpretive dance, we're we're in the oh investigative journalism is the one with Jack Black. How are these? Because investigative with the one with Jack Black is actually really awkward for it's most pretty, of the episode. It's pretty, it's pretty cringy. I, I I hate to use internet parlance, but that's cringe. Well, um, by all means, use it if it's the right word. It's the right one. Oh, we're down in season four territory. We're down in, like, season four Thanksgiving, eighty number 87. And again, like, if you're asking me, do I like anything in this episode more than, like, Jeff's speech to his dad? No. I but don't. that's one part of the... Oh, I see, and that's the best part of that one. And that's Damn, the best part. it's really that low for you. This is... I mean... This one... This dog don't hunt. There's okay. like a couple, it's, uh, but, oh, okay. Michael and McDonald, the insurance appraiser is in this one. Okay. Okay. Now, maybe plop it on 86, just above the season fours. 
I yeah, you know what? I, actually I have like, a feeling you like it better than Heroic Origins because I know you oh, fucking I hate that. Oh, I certainly do. <laughs> Good call. Season five, episode twelve. A basic story. Our new number eighty-six. That that gonna fuck up the rankings. Oof, that gonna, pretty badly, actually. Quite will it, drastically. Will even. will this put five underneath one? I don't, think it's, I don't think it's fair because there's so much fewer episodes, but, you know. And that's the way Cookie Grumbles. That's how median works. Now, if we want to start doing mean or mode, you know, hey, okay, now we're talking. Um, but, uh, <laughs> sorry. Basic Sandwich I like quite a bit more. And I'm going to I'm gonna move up here a little. Ways. I feel like we should do maybe like a point system where uh, we like it's like when there's fewer episodes the rankings are doubled right yeah okay i see what you mean i think yeah i think we're gonna do what i've had in my head is like when we we're gonna do the last episode of community then we're gonna do one more episode which is like a retrospective and rankings special and we just like fuck with numbers and 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 we do we go back and we do we there was one time where we changed a ranking number we maybe like make a case like we we maybe like move some stuff around when this okay. is all said and done all right. um i think i i like that um but basic sandwich okay so i'm looking at like advanced advanced dungeons and dragons 72 mm-hmm. and i would give uh basic sandwich a slight edge over advanced advanced okay yeah dungeons and dragons. Uh, mm, uh, mm, yeah no a slight a slight edge but i think that might actually which one's yeah. intro to knots that's the season four Christmas episode where they have the teacher tied to the chair. Oh, okay. And would you put that one above this one? Because honestly, at this point, like what, what keeps intro to knots in this spot is like, well, I really like the cinematography, like, you know, the steady cam and the long takes. It's shot well. And it's shot well. It's not my favorite episode. And it's like, do I like that more than this like submerged like subterranean. I think it's also a tail. good character episode, Intro to Knots. Like we get really good glimpses into all the characters simultaneously, which is surprising for season four. But I will say it's okay character stuff. I wish they had done more. Yeah. I wish they had pushed it. Sure. Um, like a lot of what we were talking about when we did season four for however many weeks is like, uh, you just needed to gun this just like a little further. Yeah, you, you just, just put a little bit more gas this, in it. Push this a little harder. So would um, you put this one above that one as well? I think I if I, I have to ask myself honestly, I think Basic Sandwich is just under Intro to Knots. Intro yeah. to Knots has Malcolm McDowell and some nice steady cam stuff. So well, there that's you 5 go. E 13 uh, Basic Sandwich. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna that's get us our final season, season. That's a wrap on season five. That's um cool. And if the three of us are together next week, you know, we can talk. We can talk about uh, kind of retrospective We can thoughts. do a recap. We can do a, uh, what, what's it called? Uh, Here. Maybe not like a full episode, but it'll be not, like when you weren't there for the end of season four, we brought you, when the next time you were there, we, we kind of like commiserated about, about the experience. Right, it's right, nice, right, it's, right, It's right. nicer to do everyone. We'll, we'll debrief. We'll debrief. Yeah, we'll debrief. Um, cool. So while I punch this into, uh, the, 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 uh, calculator, uh, why don't you tell the good people, uh, some, some plugs? Why don't you? Huh? Hmm? Plugs. What is a plug? Oh, God. What is a plug? 
What is a plug? Go see In the Heights. In... Go see In the Heights, yeah. Uh, it's definitely worth watching. Uh, it's really exciting. Um, don't go see The Music Man on Broadway. Uh, they're starting to sell tickets. Uh, I My parents are in town right now, and I told them, I was like, do me a favor, don't go see that. And they were like, what, why? And I was like, I literally don't even want to get into how many reasons you shouldn't see it. <laughs> Um, you're just gonna have to take my word for it. Uh, if you, I'm not to... aware of the controversy. Uh, I'm. It's there is controversy, but even if we don't get into the controversy, let's. I could keep it at this. Right, ready? Do we really fucking need the Music Man right now? You know, excellent point. Actually, <laughs> there's a limited number of Broadway theaters, and we're using it to sell Sutton Foster and Hugh Jackman and the Music Man. It's like, oh my god, show some like, fucking perspective. You know, I, I like Hugh Jackman as much as the next guy, but yeah, man. He's great. Know? He sells the most tickets of any, of any... Look, Hugh Jackman sells Broadway seats. That is the whole reason they're doing it. I get that. Good for him. He's got his bag. It's nice and tight. He's got his money. Sutton Foster also fucking sells seats. We don't need it. And that is the base of the argument it's like imagine if they had done a better show an original show a new show uh it's also the theater that beetlejuice was i'm gonna get into it a little bit it's also the theater that beetlejuice (laughs) was in are you familiar with what happened with beetlejuice um no beetlejuice opened it wasn't doing super well um and then uh one of the people in the original cast started making some tiktoks and it gained this cult following on tiktok and then all of a sudden people caught on to just how fun and charming the show was and it started selling really really well i saw it such a fun show definitely has its issues but duh and because it wasn't doing well when it first started uh, the company, the, uh, the, 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 the group that put it on the theater said, no, we're actually going to stop the run. Uh, and this was all right around when COVID first hit as well. And the, and the thing was the people producing music, man, they, they said, we want this theater. And since they wanted that theater, they went, okay, we're going to kick out Beetlejuice. Um, and it's more complicated than that, but it's just frustrating <laughs> That you would kick out an. I I have my issues with you know the film adaptations. I'm a little tired of them. Red, incredibly tired. Uh, but at <laughs> least it is a new piece and not the fucking music. Oh my god. Um, understood. It's understood. a whole bunch of stuff. But those those are two points. Without getting into the, I, you know me. I'm not afraid of going into the political stuff. But I really just don't have it in me right now. <laughs> To get into all of it, it's just don't, don't. I have an anti plug. Don't go see it. If you're in New York, don't go see that show. Um, if you want to watch The Music Man, there's a movie version with Matthew Broderick that is just as mediocre as any production. Uh, <laughs> and that's how I feel about The Music Man. I don't like the show in the first place. Um, well, sounds bad. like you've got Four. trouble. Don't. Trouble in River City. With a capital T, <laughs> and that rhymes with P. That stands, that stands for, for pool. pool. Sorry, I'm not sorry. I won't lie to you and say I'm sorry about doing that. Um, good. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, let's see. Is that is that all for you? Yeah, 
Do you have something positive? I feel like we should end this on a positive sure. note. Uh, I will say that the the archives of a little radio show I used to uh, guest on occasionally called Show Tune Sunday. Oh my with, gosh, I know about this. With, with Kat Scott. That's my um, lover. I, I used to uh, be guest on your lover's radio program. Um, that was one of the, that's where I really got to know Kat, where, uh, they became more than a background extra on a web series I was making. Um, and, you know, hey, if you want some very, uh, six-year-old takes about Hamilton and In the Heights. (laughs) Oh, wow, yeah, um, they're wild. They are wild. Yeah, they're, they're buck wild. Uh, my perspective has changed a little bit in the last six years, though I don't think I'd be, like, ashamed of what I was, uh, No, you did well. Thank you. Uh, my, I, uh, I've learned a lot, certainly, uh, in the last ever uh, many number of years. Uh, but anyway, those are uh, streaming where podcasts exist, Spotify, etc. Um, and you can you can listen to that. And I bet they're fun. I will uh, probably go back and listen to some myself. Uh, and I, I, I'm using the same headphones that Kat bought me when we did that radio show. So that that's uh, that's how long I hold on to technology. Um, oh, I love that. Hey, if it still works, it still works. Hey, you know? so, and it's exactly why I'm using this cracked-ass iPhone. It's like, hey, it still works. Hey, <laughs> I, can I make? Can I do a text? Can yes. I, can I tweet on feet, it? Does my finger bleed? Not too no, much. Not yet. <laughs> We're getting there. Uh, anyway, that was a that was a good ass time. Uh, let me let me give you the finalized season five rankings, and then we should log off because it's late. Somehow we almost did two hours on this. Um, <laughs> it's the forty minutes of in the heights at the beginning. <laughs> un fucking believable that we're we're monsters. Uh, so n tags uh, in fifth place with seventy point seven average season four. You saw it coming. <laughs> you knew it was coming. Uh, Fourth place with a forty-seven point nine average, season one. Wow, I know. Um, in third place with forty-five point six average, season three. Okay, yeah. In second place with a forty-two point seven average, season two. Which means season five is number one for end in, tags. In first place with thirty-eight. Point six clear late wow season five um so uh, my understanding of these rankings is that these end tags um they they won't move from where they are all that will happen is like season six will show up somewhere in there so we'll see how that all shakes out because that is that is the only season's end tags that are completely devoid of troy so we'll have to see how that how that changes Um, what about these seasons what about these seasons how are they ranked up all right, first seasons in fifth place with an eighty point one average. Season four, okay, okay. yeah, you, yeah, we saw you it saw it coming. We saw it coming. In fourth place with fifty seven point four. Season one. Yeah. Okay. In That's void a place. That makes sense. Uh-huh. Void place with a forty seven point six average. <laughs> Season five comes in wow. right there in the middle. Okay. Um, I think just a remarkably strong first half and a pretty weak Abysmal. sauce second half. <laughs> um, but like, you know, it's like opening of the season, unquestionable. Like the first oh, yeah. fucking five episodes Wrong up through stuff. Flora's Lava, unbelievable. And then Meow Meow Beans and G.I. Jeff later in the season, fucking 
dragging it up. And then there's just a bunch of stuff where they it just it, it 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 doesn't quite go. But so hey, I think halfway through the overall <laughs> average, that's pretty solid. I think they did. I think they did a fine job. And then. And then uh, uh, number two is season three. And of course, number one is season two. Uh, yeah. Would be fucking shocked <laughs> if if it is overthrown at any point. Oh, um, yeah. So that is that. And we well, will be yeah. back next week with... This is it. The final season. Holy season shit. six. And our 13-episode mountain defense of why you should give season six another shot. But uh, it's good. It's Give it a good. watch. It's good, good season. So excited to watch this episode. I'm just like, I've been vibrating with like, it's Frankie time. Here we go. Come on, uh, Frankie. Season six. But until next week, pop, 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 pop. A doobie doobie, doobie doobie, doobie doobie, doobie doobie. Berry treasure, berry treasure, berry treasure, berry treasure, berry treasure, berry treasure, berry treasure. No! Hey, sweet mama. The door is closing. For dramatic effect.